belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for July 25th, 2021 is called, What Does It All Mean Anyway? The speaker is John Ray and the location is Pratt Place Barn in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Dallas will bring that there is no avoiding the fact that we live at the mercy of our ideas. This is never more true than with our ideas about God. What we think about God also determines what we think about the church and how we practice church. This Sunday we start a six-week deep dive into why and how we practice being a church the way we do the grace. And I want to ask you a favor. Please, please be your best. If you can't be here, listen to us. We're all trying to figure out how to do church. In a world now that's informed by pandemic, in a world that can no longer, especially in America, the society world, can no longer escape the consequences of the choices that we've made as, as a country over the years. We need to understand that. And we need to have this discussion about what it means to be in the practice of in this place. And that's what we're going to do for the next six weeks. So I really want to ask you. In the very good gospel, Lisa Sharon Harper explores what Ruben calls a thick gospel. One that is used with kind of superficial reading of scripture that often results in a convenient fundamentalism. A thick gospel reduces the big questions of faith to a simple forensic problem and the complexities and mysteries of existence into a transactional formula designated to A thin gospel locates humanity and individual humans at the center and God as a means to their end. Our understanding and imagination about these questions have very concrete consequences in our lives and in our communities. And reducing God to a supporting player in God's own story results in a thin gospel. A self-centered approach to scripture that trains our focus on a very specific thing. What's it mean? This in turn forms our churches when we're exposed to religious things and services. Places to shop at. Places that are being formed more by markets and fads than we belong. And I would have organizations and institutions that support systemic racism, oppression, society, all the ways. Instead of being a light in the darkness, we actually project back to the We must counter this gospel, this thin gospel, and the market driven consumer church culture that it, that it breeds 
beginning with a much more robust, vivid, dynamic understanding of our ultimate telos, or community or end, the meaning for our existence. Harper's idea of our ultimate meaning is for humans to live in shalom, a word she finds 550 times in the Bible. Now, whether we accept Harper's definition of that or not, we talk about shalom a lot as we really deep on that. Whether we accept that or not, we do have to accept that any exploration of the gospel in resulting practice in the church has to start first with the good news, the true news. It has to start with the big picture. It has to start with the meaning of why we're here, the meaning of everything. Take a minute and listen to how the Apostle John starts his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were created by Him, and apart from Him, not one thing that was created has been created. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot be In the beginning, God, all things, God created them. Life found in Him. Light from Him. Darkness cannot. All this is to say. Cannot start our understanding of sin, especially individual sin. Instead, we must form a comprehensive, dynamic, systematic practice stemming from a more invigorating understanding of the gospel. Now, Paul, this is not to say that sin is not a problem. It is. Indeed, it can be experienced as a problem so hard that at times we think it demands super faith. How many times have we heard an evangelistic message start with the problem? First stop on the wrong road, there's sin. We put the sin there beginning, not the creation of the God. Even Paul's writing seems to draw our attention there is worse. From plight to solution, we're going to Romans as fall. We're going to deal a lot with this. But it has to be in the context of the bigger picture. It can never become the thing. If we start with sin, of course we're going to fixate on solving the problem. What the problem is must be done about. Look in my context and probably yours, if you grew up in the American Protestant church. Salvation in traditional and almost exclusively through judicial limits. Law court anger. Guilt and innocence. Punishment and One writer said this justification is something that is entirely forensic. It is an act of will and not transformation of the person. 
And if we think there's a problem and this is the solution, then we just stop there. We just stop there. Man, I got it. I'm free. Good. What's next? What do I get to do? What about me? What makes me happy? When the problem sin is primarily as a great moral laws, the solution is purely transactional. Now listen, this understanding of sin is valid. We see it in Scripture. It's just not sufficient in and of itself. And it is only one element of what is described. It's like we take this one little application, this one metaphor, and make it sure Eugene Peterson said instead that sin is a denial of dependence on God and the interdependence of our neighbors. A refusal to be a people of God. And encountering the system that the individual people be treated as something God. You want to know what our sin is? We've rejected the need for other people. You said, I don't need to accept what you can do for me, and I will take it by it. We place our own ego, our own understanding at the center of it. Indeed, we have a life of God. What am I to do about our true God? Our kingdom will come to death in this world. God. Is it bad to break moral rules? Is it bad to be immoral? Yeah. But that's not the problem. That's the result. That rule breaking stems from this refusal, this rebellion. This demand that it be done my way according to what I want on my timetable. This insistence that I need to fight God. This refusal, this rebellion sets everything off the spiraling off. We know it, God knows it. So what's to be done? Well, this is where the news becomes truly good. It's where God sets you to set things straight. Well, Willowman defines it as Christ refusing the reign of heaven without us. All the way God has taken sole responsibility for settling, for setting matters right between us and God, primarily in the cross of Christ. Larry Shelton says it this way, he said. Jesus didn't die to change God's attitude about us, but our attitude about the There was never a really time where God was not with It is not God's mind that needs to be changed. It is our Again, one of the things that clearly writes, 
When you turn away from God and chance with God, our pride, lust, idolatry, injustice, and smart mouth sin in our well documented. God turned towards us relentlessly redemptive. God made covenant faults, gave the two commandments, the prophets to tell the truth, who dared not tell ourselves, created a family out of two geriatrics to bless all the rich family. Sent us one to substitute for us, to suffer, to die, ransom us, pay our sins, be the slaughtered land and down death by rising from the dead and returning to us, God in action. It's not only who Jesus is, but also what he's done that makes the difference. It is finished. Atonement is, is his completed work to which we need to have nothing. Christ died for our sins, Jesus paid it all. He didn't say, Robert, we have this life. He wore our curse. Truth so deep that it takes a dizzying array of metaphors to talk about. And there is still so much sense. We'll never get the perfect words to describe it. Oh, yes. All these people are talking about the restoration of the Shabbat, the purpose, the claims. It's the removal of all the guilt and shame, seeing with unavoidable punishment and violence that is accumulated in our first Christian society. It's God saying things back in the proper course. But maybe the most overlooked aspect of any understanding of the gospel is the necessary, the necessity of practice of the way of understanding of true comprehension. And friends, this is why we practice church. Why church is essential. Why there is no plan B that excludes the church. Why the church can't be optional for the follower of Jesus. Why we must not accept any substitute. And why we must constantly be the church along the way. Damn it, I'm excited. Every day I encounter people who walk away from the church because of what they see in the church. And they're right. They're right. There's no accusation of anything against the church, but I don't. Not just theoretically, I'm saying experientially. My commitment to the church is not because it's been perfect. My commitment to the church is not even necessarily what I get out of at the moment or at any moment. It's not because I think it's this glorious thing that outshines all other options. At times it makes other options pretty normal. But I can't escape how Jesus feels about and what God says. I can't escape this truth that we only understand if 
never going to learn from a book. You're never going to get it from a tract. And it's not ever going to happen alone by yourself. We as people are dependent on others in this. And that's why we started Grace Church of Belonging. Because it's not enough even for this people. Just a bunch of white English speaking, somewhere around the middle class of the economic spectrum people. We need all people. We need all the experience. We need all the expression in this church. Let me see all of this less than we do. So the only hermeneutic or the only way of understanding the gospel is a congregation of women Shaping us in the life of Jesus Christ. 
in the community of faith for the glory of God should be saved in the world. And here's the other thing about this community. Look, I understand why people I understand why people center the gospel in the front of the front of it. I can understand that. Look, don't go to hell. Okay? Just don't do it. But that's a byproduct. It's not the end goal. Salvation in that way is it's a byproduct. What we get is we get this flourishing life now. And even that is not where it is to be centered. It is to be centered in the flourishing for everyone. Especially those who have been traditionally oppressed and marginalized, excluded and vilified. It is for their flourishing that we believe. And through that belief, we are saved. Yes, people are going to hell and they make some combination of all those things. But by God, it is not just for us. It is for the world. It is for the world. Especially, especially those who are in the world. They are not worthy. They are blessed. But they are not Church is essential to a spiritual formation of peace and flourishing. And here's the thing I want to mention here as well. We are all being formed by something. Okay? We are all being spiritually formed. It is not a question of am I going to be in spiritual formation or am I not? We are all being formed all the time by things and people and going on out there. The question is what are you going to be formed into and by whom and how? And every other option, everything I see out there other than the, the church centered the gospel and the people leads to death. It does not lead to that flourishing. It does not lead to that healing. It does not lead to those things. We are all being formed by something in some moment. You cannot escape that. But I believe with all my heart and everything that I've done, everything that I've ever read, and everything that I've ever seen, as messed up as it can be at times, and as much as we have to repent of of the church, there is no other place to be. There's just no other place to be. There is a power in a community of believers that people gather and grow and struggle and working together. With the express purpose of discerning the presence of God and reflecting that back to the And God is creating an international network of multicultural, socioeconomically diverse communities that participate in the liberating, transforming reality. That's what we Even if it's deep and perfect and you cannot believe yourself to be others. All these things taken together break free our understanding of salvation from a dissecting, reductive, 
commandments of your Father. And invite us to embrace and be embraced instead by much more witnessing confidence. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.